0: And good afternoon to you. I'm Al Cresta. My guest, Kurt Tomasiewicz played running back and linebacker for the University of Nebraska from 2000 to 2003. He's also a former member of the two-man and four-man U.S. Men's Olympic bobsled team. His four-man team won gold at the uh, 2010 Olympics in Vancouver, won bronze in the 2014 Games in Sochi. And I've asked uh, Kurt to join me today just to tell us a little bit about his experience as a uh, a committed Catholic working in the competitive field of sports, and also a sport that most of us, frankly, don't know very much about, and that's bobsledding. Kurt, good to make your acquaintance. Oh, it's good
1: to be here. Good to talk to you.
0: So let me—you uh, were your first games weren't? Were, you were in the you were before Vancouver though, too, right? You were in the te- on the team before
1: Vancouver. Correct. Yeah, I went yeah. to the 2006 Olympics, were which were intern. In yeah, that's Italy. right in Italy. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm just I'm curious. Are are each, are each Olympics different? And you you competed in three different ones.
1: Do they feel different? Uh, yes, definitely. And um, you know, I can answer that from two different perspectives. You know, one is you know from a competitive standpoint. You know, each of the competitions were a little bit different. Of course, each bobsled track is a little bit different. Yeah, okay. It kind of plays into the hands of you know some teams are stronger, some teams are faster. So you know, there's you know tactical advantages from that standpoint but honestly personally each of the three olympics that i went to were quite a bit different too Mm -hmm. um 2006 my first olympics i was i was actually only in bobsled for about a year and a half at that time so everything was brand new and just exciting and you know i was just kind of happy to be there (laughs) 2010 um we were you know we had won the world championship the year before we were expected to do well and so um, going through that experience, more focused on, you know, the the medals and the competition and and performing well was uh, was pretty awesome. And then 2014 was my last Olympics, and knowing that it was my last Olympics, I made sure to take time and kind of a, take in everything. I went to a number of different events. I was a a fan, in a yeah, way just as yeah. much as I was a competitor there too. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, uh, different in a lot of different ways.
0: So, I mean, it sounds like sports have been a big part of your life.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. I think growing up, my parents were incredibly supportive, and it didn't matter if it was athletics or playing a musical instrument or yeah. academics, whatever it was. You know, they wanted me off the couch and just doing something. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, so playing sports all my life was uh, you know, just something I took to.
0: Uh, as a Catholic, uh, how did you see your faith playing into your uh, the excitement of sports, the competitive nature, winning, losing, teamwork? Did your faith play into that? Was it integrated into your sports?
1: Yeah, and honestly, I didn't know it at the time. From a, a lot of different perspectives, it's it's almost kind of you know. In retrospect, I look back and I can really see some certain characteristics. You mm-hmm. know, one you know about training. You know, every day there's a grind and every day, you know, you wake up and some days the pieces kind of fall into place and you can, you know, you feel motivated, you feel spiritual and, you know, things are going great. And then, of course, a lot of other days things aren't going well. You're sore, you're tired, you know, Mm -hmm. spiritually, you, you know, you're just having a bad day. A lot of things seem to be going against you. So it's, you know, it's how you perform on those bad days. It's how you, you know, focus on the important things, how you you know, continue to, to stick with what makes you a better athlete slash a better Christian. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's good. The, the analogy there I think is very strong. Uh, is there anything about competition that, uh, I mean, in, in, let's take bobsledding. I I know, I've never, never bobsledded. I mean, I know very little about it. Yeah. So, and I, and I don't think I'm unusual in that respect. No, not at all. Is it, do what what is the competition like between the various teams? Does it ever get ugly? Does there
1: trash talking and bobsledding? <laughs> <laughs> um not so much. And honestly, um it's very different from football in that way that there's no offense or defense. Right, right. Um, you know, I can't in no way can I control how my opponent does. I can only do my best and hope that it's better than everybody else's best. Right. You know, I can't uh, can, you know, influence their performance at all. So I think that uh, you know takes away from the natural tendency to trash talk or mm-hmm. to you know influence in that way. And honestly, one part of the sport that I do like is because it is dangerous. You know, we look out for each other too. Yeah. Um, you know, if there's a a difficult curve on a track, you know, drivers will talk to each other and you know make sure everybody's going to get down safe. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in some ways we share secrets and we try to help each other too. Yeah. Now, how did you
0: how were you drawn to bobsledding? I, I don't think I've ever dreamed of wanting to I wanted to be a great baseball player, I wanted to be a great football player, I wanted to be a great basketball player.
1: Never thought of being a bobsledder. How did that how did that open itself up for you? Um I will admit that you know that really doesn't occur to anybody in, <laughs> in the United States. It's uh you know, we joke that we're popular for about ten minutes once every four years and that's about it. Um Honestly, the thought really didn't cross my mind too much until I was done playing football in college. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was done with that and realized I was not an NFL type of athlete, I was a different type of athlete. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
1: I uh, had met a girl that ran track at uh, the University of Nebraska, and she was a hurdler and a hammer thrower. So it's a, <laughs> kind of a weird combination, but she was very strong and fast and powerful. So, mm-hmm she was recruited to be on the women's national bobsled team. And I heard her story and talked to her a little bit. And she convinced me that I was the right type of athlete to, to try to make the men's team. And uh, I mean, aside from the absolute you know danger and thrill of going down the, the icy track, the idea of, you know, pushing the sled and it's being a a competition of, you know, just a burst of power, how fast and powerful can you be for four or five seconds? Right. initial push. I really love that part of it too. And so, you know, you know and then on, <laughs> the icing on the cake is, you know, it's a, an exhilarating, you know, action-packed yeah. uh, adrenaline rush on top of that too.
0: Well, it certainly is exciting to watch, but I, I, w- what do you do? I mean, you know what I'm saying? From outside, we're watching you guys, you're lined up in there, and I'm saying to myself, well, uh, these, are, these are courageous people. But what's the skill that you practice? How do you, you know, how do you negotiate the turns? Uh, uh, you were a, a brakeman, weren't you?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I was a, a driver for one part of one year, but other than that, yeah, my primary role was definitely pushing. Yeah, um, I was a brakeman um, for all ten years. Um, as a push athlete, um, a lot of times you could look at our job as kind of a combination of uh, weightlifting, okay, and then a, a track athlete as mm-hmm. well. And, you know, the push usually lasts 30 to 50 meters. And uh, in that distance, you know, we're measured down to the hundredth of a second. And, uh, you know, one little misstep or, you know, if your technique is off just a little bit, you know, you could easily fall from first place to 10th place pretty quickly. <sighs> That's amazing. And so that part of my job is extreme concentration and, you know, kind of harnessing power and releasing it efficiently. Yeah. And uh after that, then ninety percent of the job is up to the pilot. Okay. And uh, you know, now it's kind of a different type of race after that. He's trying to control the sled, which is, you know, nearly impossible. Our sled weighs about fourteen hundred pounds with the athletes in there and you know, we're going eighty, ninety miles an hour mm. on ice. And so it's uh you know, driving a sled is incredibly Difficult thing to do, and it takes a lot of experience to be able to control something like that. So all those little nuances, you know, a lot of people that will watch the four-man race this weekend, they're not going to see. And uh, right. it's the, the technical part of the sport that's, that's pretty fun once you learn those details. Are tracks different? Every track in the world is a little different. Um, I want to say right now there's somewhere, I don't know, 14 to 16 active tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, all, you know, former Olympic sites. So, yeah, each one is just kind of dictated by the uh, terrain that's given to them. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's amazing. Uh, it really is amazing to me to, to imagine. I can't imagine that kind of precision. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're, a, a difference of a hundredth of a second could change, or you know, two hundredths of a second. It would, would end up changing your status or your grounding. I, can't, I mean, I'm four years working, imagining, uh, wanting to win and then have something. I mean, what, what kind of things go wrong? You, you slip when uh, the push-off, uh, somebody doesn't move properly on the slide down. Are those the kind of things that happen?
1: Yeah, and honestly, those are the obvious things that can happen is, you know, somebody slips and, yeah. you know, the sled can go down with three guys or, you know, there's a, <laughs> a driving mistake, you know, where they start, you know, bouncing off the walls a little bit or there's a skid. Um, Some of the tiny things are, you know, just the, the missed timing on the hit of the sled. You know, if not all four athletes are pushing at exactly the same time, right, right, right. All of that, you know, again, those are the hundreds of seconds that we try to to dial in during years of practice ahead of time.
0: Yeah. Uh, It looks, it looks incredibly dangerous to me Uh, 80, 90 miles an hour on an icy track like that. I, I mean, is it, are there a lot of injuries? Are, are there a lot of deaths?
1: Um, I haven't been around any deaths directly while I've been at the track. I've heard um, some kind of horror stories, I guess, of you know some things that have happened at different times. Um, although in 2010, just before the opening ceremony, there was a luge athlete that was killed hmm. practicing on the, uh, the Olympic track there from the, the country of Georgia. Um, so in that way, yeah, definitely very dangerous. Um, crashes happen probably, you know, a couple times a race.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, there's concussions and a lot of, uh, I guess, collision type of injuries that, that definitely happen there. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely a dangerous part of our sport. So you never want to get used to it.
0: Yeah, no, I would imagine it's not one of those things you just take for granted. Uh, Tell me a little bit, uh, we've only got about a minute and a half left here, but tell me, what are aspects of the Catholic faith that have been most motivating for you?
1: Um, I guess, you know, I've had a, a great family background. You know, we went to, to Mass nearly every weekend as a family, and that was a, a great foundation for me, and I have kind of a curious mindset as well. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, I, you know, I had the tendency to ask questions, or sure. at least I'd ask myself these questions, and I look up the answers, and, you know, I think that's important for, for any Catholic, you know, to not just do and follow the rules because it's what we're told or, or anything like that, is to, but to, to truly understand that, you know, this is what the apostles taught us. This right. This is, you know, what Jesus taught them, and this is the, the true path to heaven. And, um, you know, I think dialing that in has really kept me uh, to be what I would hope to be a strong Catholic. Great.
0: Yeah, I, I always like to say the Catholic faith is about dealing with reality, uh, intellectually, spiritually, emotionally. And um, Kurt, great talking with you. I wish we had more time. Uh, hopefully, we'll meet up again sometime. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, looking forward to the, the races this weekend, too.